There we go. We're all ready, my dears. Hello, everybody. It's another Thursday night, and it's the lovely Ngum, Giselle, and Sidoni. We're back tonight, um, and it's another Women of the Bible series. And but just before we get started, I just want to take this opportunity to say thank <coughs> you so much to all of you that have sent us messages and emails. And it's just, we have found it such a great encouragement and support. We've been so touched by your messages that have come through. Um, and it's just great to know that our conversations are being listened to. <laughs> that there are other people out there that um, get our sense of humour and that our messages and um, get, you know, resonate with people. And it's been such an encouragement. So we just want to say, a massive thank you we don't we don't take it for granted um and we know certainly that the lord is doing something and god is getting the messages out there and also just using ordinary people like us um to spread the word of his extraordinary love and how to live a life that pleases him so yes please keep your messages coming if there's anything you would like us to discuss here as a threesome like we normally do and um, please let us know. We'd be more than happy um, to take suggestions on what you want to hear. Um, and certainly it's, you know, come to our attention that the Women of the Bible series is very, very popular. Um, so we are going to try to do two a month instead of one a month. Um, so we'll put out the messages to what Thursdays. We're not quite sure yet, depending on when we have guest speakers whether it will be the first and the third Thursday or the second and the third Thursday of the month. Um, but we'll figure it out and we'll let you know. But um, yeah, we appreciate your feedback and your encourage encouragement is such a blessing to us. So thank you. Um, yes, just diving into it today, we are looking at Bernice. She's been a, something of a bit of a revelation to me. Because I was sort of looking into her um, a bit earlier today and just researching her and what the history books have to say about her. And I was shocked, <laughs> not pleasantly. <laughs> um, she seemed to have had quite an interesting life hmm. um, from sort of her marriages. I think she was twice widowed, once divorced. And then she had an affair with um, the Emperor Titus. Um, and, wow. you know, it, it seems that she was um, a consort to her brother. And it seems like this woman led quite an interesting life. Um, and maybe not interesting in a positive way. Um, but it'll be interesting to kind of delve into her a little bit more and see perhaps what lessons we can learn from her and what scripture has to say about her. So... Um, I'm going to kick us off by reading from this book. Um, again, the details of this book are on the group. I have emailed it to a couple of people that have asked um, for the details. So if you do want to know which book we're using, please get in touch. We'd be more than happy to share the resource. Um, it's a wonderful book because we certainly are enjoying working mm. our way through it. So yeah, thanks, yeah thanks to Giselle for, for bringing this to our attention. I know. A wonderful it's resource. A wonderful I do something oh, good every now and again. Don't you know? <laughs> well, in actual fact, 
you know, hallelujah and praise my uh, stepdaughter. She mm -hmm. bought me that book for a Christmas oh, wow. present one year. Oh, yes, wow. she, she, she did when I was in Florida. So mm -hmm. uh, uh, thanks, lovely oh, wow. Rebecca, for doing that. Yeah, it's, yes. a, it's, a, yeah. it's a brilliant wow. book. Yeah. It really is. And isn't it amazing? Yeah, I think it's amazing how God sowed that seed all those years back. And now look at what he's using that seed to oh do. Goodness. You know, it's just, yeah, yeah the Lord works yep. in and mysterious the ways. He knew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he knew. Well, now, listen, there's not very much to read from this book about mm -hmm. Bernice. Mm -hmm. um, and normally the way we would split it up, the three of us speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is no yeah, why don't you, Sidonis, do it all, or you, um, Naomi, and you, Lee, just do it the two? Okay. Um, yeah. so it's really not much. If you want to read the whole much. thing, you can. All righty. Well, I shall grace you with my pleasant reading voice, shall I? Um, By the way, you're practicing for audiobooks. <laughs> Guys, I'm trying to be her agent for audiobooks, so listen very keenly. <laughs> okay, so this section is on Bernice. Um, scripture references are Acts chapter 25 verses 13 and chapter 23 verses 26 and 30. Um, her role in scripture. Bernice was another woman who wore royal robes. She was much like Drusilla, although the two women disliked each other intensely. They shared a family heritage. Bernice was actually Drusilla's sister granddaughter of Herod, the great granddaughter of Herod Antipas. They shared a reputation for immorality. While Drusilla had abandoned her husband to bigamously wed the Roman governor of Judea, Bernice was reputed to have had an incestuous relationship with her brother Agrippa. Bernice had married a man named Marcus. Then her uncle Herod, who was king of Chalcis, she was then consort to her own brother for some years, after which time she married Ptolemy, king of Cilicia. Later, she returned to her brother and after that became the mistress, first of Vespasian and then of his son Titus, both of whom would become emperors of Rome. The two women also shared a gift, God's gift of a wonderful opportunity to hear the gospel. Drusilla heard the gospel from the Apostle Paul when her husband Felix governed Judea. When Felix's successor Festus became governor, King Agrippa and his sister Bernice visited him. Agrippa eagerly accepted the invitation to hear the prisoner Paul tell his story. Paul presented the gospel before the new Roman governor. Agrippa, Bernice and all their entourage. During the brief time Paul spoke, all the listeners made choices on which hinged the direction of their earthly lives as well as their eternal destiny. Festus left thinking that Paul was mad. Agrippa left after making a joke about being almost persuaded and Bernice left to continue on the path of immorality that scandalized even the pagans in the Roman Empire. Um, an example for today. The lineage of Christ contains a prostitute. Unlike Bernice, when Rahab heard God's message, she committed herself to him and to his people. She became a new creation. 
But Bernice hardened her heart and continued in sin. How good it is to know that God will change our hearts and our lives if we only allow him to. Shame, as well as hardness of heart, has kept many from the Saviour. And far too many of us are burdened by a past of which we are ashamed. Christ welcomes us as we are, and his forgiveness wipes out our past as well as transforming our future. That's what this book has to say about Bernie. Certainly a colourful character. Um, I mean... Jizongum, have you have any of you got the Bible passages to hand or passage to hand? Mm, I haven't. Giselle, do you have a copy of the Bible there? I can quickly look them up online. Uh, which one do you want first? Do you want one? Do you want it in order? Let's do at 25. 25. Yeah, yep. let's see what the scripture says. Okay. So yes, Acts 25, 13. If mm-hmm. anybody's interested in checking in their own Bible at home. You know, in just a few paragraphs, oh my God. Yeah, go on. Giselle. What? Were you trying to speak? Yes. Oh, sorry, we couldn't hear you. Oh, right. Why can't you hear me? Now we can. You can hear me now? Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Sorry about that. Okay. X 25, 13, it is written. A few days later, King Agrippa arrived with his sister Bernice to pay the respects to Festus. That's it. And then when you go on to 26 and 30, mm-hmm. there's just as little written about her. Mm-hmm. It says, it is written, then the king, the governor, Bernice, and all the others stood and left. That's it. That's, wow. the, scriptures. That's the only mention about her. Mm. Wow. That's interesting. Wow. So in between then, obviously, Paul, Paul comes yeah. before Agrippa. Um, so if you just read from, just to give a bit of context, from 23 um, down to 27, or down to 13. What, in Acts 26? In Acts 25. 25? 25. Yeah, 23. From 23 to 30. Mm-hmm. Okay, from 23 to 30. It is written, so the next day, Agrippa and Bernice arrived at the auditorium with great pomp, accompanied by military officers and prominent men of the city. Festus ordered that Paul be brought in. Then Festus said, King Agrippa and all present, this is the man whose death is demanded both by the local Jews and by those in Jerusalem. But in my opinion, he's done nothing worthy of death. However, he appealed his case to the emperor and I decided to send him. But what shall I write to the emperor? For there is no real charge against him. So I have brought him before you all, and especially you, King Agrippa, uh, so that after we examine examine him, I might have something to write. For it doesn't seem reasonable to send a prisoner to the emperor without specifying the charges against him. Mm. That's it. Wow. Okay. And 26, carry on, because I think Paul has a response for him then. Yes. Then into chapter 26, then Agrippa said to Paul, you may speak in your defense. 
So Paul, with a gesture of his hand, started his defense. I am a fortunate, I, I am fortunate, King Agrippa, that you are the one hearing my defense against all these accusations made by my Jewish leaders. For I know you are an expert on Jewish customs and controversies. Now, please listen to me patiently. And then Paul goes on. Do you want to continue reading further? Um. No, I think that's what no, gives us. I, I think we've got the think gist, we haven't we? Yeah, I think we've got the gist yeah. of it. But yeah. this is this is definitely interesting. So she's with her brother, um, yeah. and they come, and then Paul comes before them, and Festus, and obviously this whole scene plays out, which is very, very reminiscent and echoes Jesus coming before Pilate, yes. another Roman yes. ruler. Um, who can find no faults in Jesus? And again, yes. here they can find no faults in Paul. Um, yeah. And they just kind of go, well, what can we? And it's interesting because the people that have brought the charges against him are the Jewish people. And the people that yeah. brought the charges against Jesus were his own people, um, the high priests and the Pharisees. And so this is just echoey, but in, in that in Pilate's story, isn't Pilate's wife a believer? Doesn't she then say well, to her husband, doesn't she say to her husband, have nothing to do with this man? Is my, does my recollection yeah. fail mm. me? And um, so we, we see that. Dream, yes. But then she's touched. Yeah. You know, the woman in, in royal robes in that, in that story is touched. Um, yeah. Something touches her heart um, in, her yes. in her encounter with Jesus. But this Bernice woman in this story doesn't seem phased. I mean, one could almost think she's so, her heart is so hard, hardened that even an encounter with Paul, who Festus even says is blameless, he can't find anything to charge him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, well, because there was nothing. Like, mm. What was the, 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 was it wrong to preach Jesus Christ against Roman in, in Roman law? Not really. Hmm. It was the Jews who had bias against it. There was just nothing there. Hmm. So, but we, we see this Bernice woman, unlike Pilate's wife, she's not touched by her encounter with the Apostle hmm. Paul. Hmm. Um, you know, she obviously leaves there and carries on her life of, of immorality. We're told here, you know, she's then becomes mistress first of Vespasian and then of his son, Titus. Um, but, you know, I mean, gee, when we, when we think of this Bernice woman, um, what, what do you think, what do you, A, what do you make of her? Um, and is she very much, because when I'm, when I, certainly personally, anyway, when I'm looking at her, I'm thinking, this isn't very far from some of our current culture. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, yes, we might frown on incest currently, but certainly the immorality, um, you know, and the, some, some not through any fault of her own, she becomes widowed. But, you know, this idea of um, living an immoral life very openly, um, you know, it doesn't seem that far away, far removed from our culture. When you, Look at Bernice. I mean, what do you what do you think? Is there a warning there for us? I think there is big time. Uh, as you say, it, this this isn't far removed from our current culture, mm -hmm. and it's 
I find it laughable at times when uh, some people say to me that, you know, that um, oh, what we're doing today is modern. It no. wasn't, it didn't happen in biblical times. Yes, it did. Yeah. You know, what about joking. Sodom and Gomorrah? Yeah. The marches of biblical people, huh? I think we're a bit conservative. Yeah. Big to be time. honest. Yeah. Their morals were something else. Mm, I agree. Um, and yeah, you okay. We know in the very beginning there was incest. And again, there's there's uh, in, in in an incest relationship here. Um, we should have by now. We should have learned from this and mm. moved on. Mm -hmm. We really should have. We should mm. have learned again. You and yeah, I, I touched on Sodom and Gomorrah. Look what went on there. We should have learned from there and moved on. But yet, yeah, I actually think it's worse today in some mm. cases than what it was in biblical times. Mm. I think all and yeah. our talk last week about uh, modesty and morality. Oh yes. Yeah. Today there's no modesty. There's no morality anywhere, mm. really. You know, not e not even in a lot of the churches. Mm. Um, that's a topic. Yeah, yeah. I know. No, but that's true. The way some people dress to church these days, whoa, you're like, wow. Mm. Mm -hmm. mm. and, and you know that you. It's it's mentioned here, and and when you said about uh, when you were reading the example for today, the lineage of Christ uh, contains a prostitute. We know that was Rahab, but mm -hmm. look, Rahab did turn to God, didn't she? Mm -hmm. She, she saw her whole family was uh, saved exactly. because yeah. of her actions. Mm -hmm. This woman, this woman Bernice, she would probably, she would probably be today. Oh, she got what she deserved. <laughs> come on, yeah, come on, do it again, said you Oh, we do oh, have a laugh. <laughs> goodness me. But yeah, um, yeah, she doesn't seem a very nice person at all, does she? No, no. And and you know, it's like you say, it's 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 not that far removed from our culture. We we hmm. mustn't look at her and think. Oh, that you know, that was so biblical Internal. times. Um, you know, she, she she was such an immoral woman, um, or such a sinful character, because that sin resides in all of us. Yes, we we all sin in different degrees or, or different capacities, but that sin is ultimately it's our sinful nature. And the only person that has that has the power and can deliver us from our own sinfulness is Jesus. Amen. Um, and yes you know very much like her I my prayer is that whenever we're faced with an encounter um that we we our hearts are not hardened um, and that every encounter with Christ actually touches us and changes us mm. um for the better I mean Gum, looking at Bernice right she's obviously a woman that knows what she wants and she's living life on her terms um regardless i mean even the romans you mean she's a good time girl my best life yolo know what i mean thank you yes even the romans thought she was immoral i'm not saying something i think that's the bit that got to me because if you look at if you know anything about the history of ancient rome these people were the epitome of immorality Mm. So for Bernice to shock ancient Romans. <laughs> yes. 
She right. must have been on another level. But I think also ancient Roma, if you look at their society, mm-hmm. I think also you, you potentially have to look at things like gender dynamics in that society because they were very oppressive to women. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she was so bold, right, mm-hmm. to get to the point where even the Romans were like, what is this? Mm-hmm. It shows you, I look at Bernice and I think almost every woman who got it wrong in the Bible, I just see wasted potential. Mm-hmm. Because imagine if this woman had the ability to shock ancient Rome, mm-hmm. what she could have done with that boldness if mm-hmm. she had chosen Jesus. She could have possibly swayed the fortunes of Christianity Mm -hmm. or at least done some things for the movement right because Mm -hmm. we see that one she wasn't you know she wasn't dealing with broke guys no and and her her lineage is impressive she's the great granddaughter of herod of Antipas. i mean she had something about her right that Mm. you know attracted all these men i mean i'm looking here she was a mistress to a guy and then his son i'm thinking how old was this woman Mm. (laughs) right Mm. so she must have had something about her that attracted all these men even if it was her power or whatever but she certainly had some kind of ability to influence people mm-hmm. and if you just imagine right if she had been on the right side it may have meant a better life for for christians in rome what i mean is maybe some of the persecutions that christians suffered in rome they may not have suffered because mm-hmm. she could have been there to advocate for them mm-hmm. who's to say that she may not have even been able to persuade at least one of uh, men at some point right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's very sad but I've just also had a thought because she's the great is it granddaughter or great granddaughter of Herod right mm-hmm. is this the same Herod that we see in is it Matthew or Luke who has an affair with his brother's wife or ends up marrying his brother's wife is there a connection yes I think there is yes, yes. There is. because if there is then I'm gonna go proper African and MFM, <laughs> if you know the church here. And so I think we're dealing with a generational issue here. <laughs> because it's, she's almost reminiscent, right, of Herodias. Mm. Remember, because Herodias mm-hmm. was this woman who, you know, like tossed her husband aside, married his brother, was just running yes. around like nothing bad was happening. And then the minute John the Baptist tries to criticize, he like, mm. even though Herod liked John the Baptist, he ended up yes. like, um, how can I put it? As my RE teacher in secondary school said, he was a jellyfish king, right? He ended up <laughs> curring. He ended up curring for this one. <laughs> okay. I haven't heard that one before. Jellyfish yeah, king. That's uh, a good one, trust me. My, jellyfish my RE teacher, sister, unfortunately, she's passed away now, Sister Bernadette Okadiki. That woman was hilarious. Mm. And I have to say, it, it looks like women of that lineage have an ability mm. to attract the right man, but then not really do much with it, end up sort of manipulating mm. this man or political situations to their advantage, right? Because you see mm-hmm. Herodias even manipulated her own daughter. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just thinking, could it be that, you know, family culture matters. If she'd come down from a lineage where this kind of behavior was passed on, you know, mother to daughter, father to son, it's okay to just sleep around, do whatever. You grew up normalizing that stuff, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then look at how many generations down the line. It's even. I mean, we expensive. saw that as well with Jezebel, yeah. didn't we? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So imagine Herodias started with one man. By the time we get to what she called Bernice, it's like mm-hmm. five guys or something. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> you know, so I think also how the lessons that are passed down to children is really important because you may be making a decision today thinking, oh, it's just me, it doesn't matter. But you don't know how three generations down the line that thing could aggravate somebody's life mm. or we take them to the next level in a good way. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I mean, that's that's definitely something worth, you know, thinking about because it's who what example are we setting is essentially what you're saying what how are we living our lives and and we should be mindful of certainly within the family setting um you know the the younger people um the the younger members of the family and sort of what we're we're exposing them to um, in terms of what we're we're teaching them so yeah I mean there's definitely an echo of that here of you know what kind of life are we living um and you know that this this book makes a good point about shame mm. as well as hardness of the heart has kept many people from the savior and there's a real thing about um people who are living in sin certainly sin that is considered and i'm just going to come out and say it you know some christians have a very interesting habits of qualifying sin and and stratifying sin and Mm -hmm. say within certain christian circles some sins are worse than others um and so sin that is considered quote unquote more sinful than other sins um some christians have a habit of making non-believers feel shame yes for that sin Yes. So some Christians are still dealing with those things. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and, and it's that thing of we need to be careful about how we talk about sin. Um, we need to be mindful that we don't classify sin and we don't stratify sin and we don't qualify sin. Because as far yes. as God is concerned, sin is sin. He is so holy that he cannot abide in sin. Mm. A white lie is sin. Murder is sin. Um, you know, all sin is sin before a very holy God. Um, we mustn't make people that we think their sin are worse than our sin feel any sort of shame and or guilt um, that could possibly stop them from coming to the savior could stop them from coming to the to the foot of the cross to get the mercy and the love and the salvation that they so need because you know woe unto the person that does that woe unto the person that makes someone feel so ashamed of their sin because like jesus said let he who is without sin Cast the first stone. And yeah, go on, G. Yeah, I think was it last week I had said that, uh, or yes, it was last week we were talking Mm. about modesty and uh, uh, morality. And Mm -hmm. I had said that you, that if a sex worker came into my church Mm. in her working clothes, Mm. I would throw my arms around her and embrace her. And if one of the congregation, made a comment or made a face towards this person mm. I would ask that congregation member to leave and go home and not come back until they change their attitude and think mm. think 
What? Right. And um, uh, a lot of Christians, they're holier than thou. And they think they're ever so godly because they've got nice clothes and they've got a nice house and they go mm. to church every time it's open and they sit and listen intently to every sermon. Mm. But when they walk out of the building, they'll walk past somebody in need. They'll cross to the other side of the street. That's mm -hmm. a sin. Mm. That's, that's a sin. That's, that's as bad as murder in God's eyes. Mm. And their hearts will not even be affected by it. No. So they've no conscience. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly, so don't I? Uh, yeah. you know, what 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 is it we're told in the scriptures to shake the uh, plank out of your own eye before you try to shake the speck of dust out of your brother? Oh yeah, eye? definitely. Yes, that uh, one yep. is a very <laughs> big time. Have we lost Nigam? I think we may have, but that's fine. She might read. She might rejoin yeah. us um, shortly. She might do. Um, she might she might do and, and I was going to get her to explain for Sharon what a jellyfish king meant <laughs> she's escaped that one nicely here she comes here she comes back oh no but we can ask her now welcome back Negum listen Negum uh, Sharon wants to know can you explain for Sharon what a jellyfish king means <laughs> Come a on. jellyfish king is like a weak king if you've ever seen a jellyfish I don't think it even has a backbone so it just means somebody who is very weak, indecisive. Yeah, a king should then the the, the image of a, a king is a strong person, like really mm -hmm. um, has authority and everything. But if you don't have a backbone, as the same English, you're weak. It's just wibbly you're wobbly. Coward. It's yes. wibbly wobbly basically, like a jelly. <laughs> he was a coward. Yeah. 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 Was a coward basically. Yeah. 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 But no, I think you know Bernice. Bernice's life is certainly an example for us to um, be mindful of our our lives and, and well, certainly a warning to say, you know, this isn't just restricted to Bernice. This level of immorality happens in our day and in our age, probably worse to some extent because we even accept it. I mean, some of the Romans were gassed by what she was doing, but it's so commonplace now, people are not even shocked anymore. It just happens. Yeah. And at different levels, just because maybe you've only committed one of these things here, you could be like, okay, well, she did ad adultery, incest, this, oh no, I've only just cheated once, so mine is not so bad. No, you're still in the category of sin. <laughs> we're, all, we're all sinners. Oh um, yeah, it was just one night, you know, that's it, uh, God understands. <laughs> yeah. Because you'll be amazed at how people justify it. Mm, no that's true that's yeah. very true and I think we need to be mindful of that we need to also be mindful of stratifying sin and um thinking oh you know our sin or their sin somebody else's sin is worse than ours when truly yeah. um and I think we spoke about this a few months ago now um yeah. and if you haven't you know had a chance to listen to it please go back and listen to our um talk on forgiveness and we said yeah. that it's a big 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 stumbling block for a lot of people when it comes to forgiving because when you don't see yourself as a sinner in need of forgiveness you find it very hard to forgive somebody else yes. but when you humble yourself enough to see that you are terribly terribly sinful and you are so um, sinful in your very nature that you need forgiveness then it's a lot easier to extend that forgiveness to somebody who has offended you because you know that you have offended the good and perfect God 
a God who is without sin, a God who is without blame. Um, Um, And I think, you know, by all means, you know, feel free to go back and listen to that talk on on forgiveness. But there's also that thing here of being aware of your sin and also not causing people shame because we all need to come to the foot of the cross. That's the only place where we're going to get salvation. That's the only place where mercy meets judgment. And if you're not there, then there's no mercy for you. Judgment will come. If you're not at the foot of the cross, if you haven't handed it over to Jesus, then judgment will come and there will be no mercy. And for you, there will be no grace. Um, So, you know, let's learn from Bernice's life to turn away from our life of sin our life of immorality, because sin is sin. Yes, Bernice did all that she did, but it's not far far removed from what we do. Or no, from what not we at all. And to a holy and perfect God, a white lie is as sinful as murder. To a holy and sinless God, um, you know, a little white lie in his sight is as bad as adultery or incest. Um, or, or, or whatever other life that Bernice was living here. So let's mm. be aware of that. And let's also just get into the habit of asking God for help. Yes. A, that we we, we might recognise, say this is speaking to us now as, as believers, those of us that are Christians. Let's ask him for help. That A, we might um, recognise when we need help. And when he does send us help, let us be able to recognize that how when we're in the presence of God's divine providence or provision or help. And when we cry out to him and he sends that opportunity to us, let's not miss it. And when we acknowledge it, let's also be grateful for it because Bernice came in contact, into contact with Paul. I mean, I know mm-hmm. what I would give to be in, in like face to face with Paul. a great opportunity. She really did. And you know, we said we cry out to God for help. Maybe, I don't know if this woman even knew God, right? But this just shows you how God loved us even while we were sinners. Here was Paul offering this woman the opportunity to know Jesus when mm. she did not even ask for it. Mm. Maybe contrast Bernice with somebody like the woman at the well, right? Mm. Her, her life was not so much different from Bernice's. She also had her own issues. Mm-hmm. But it just shows you that God will meet you wherever you are. But mm-hmm. unlike Bernice, the woman at the well, actually, she she recognized. She recognized yes. Jesus and the potential that he could change her life. And she took it and mm. she changed. But mm. Bernice, it doesn't even seem like she wanted to change. No, she was quite so happy living in a city. Yeah. And, and, and there, is, there is another lesson here, actually. There are some people that are quite happy living in their yeah, city. Like there are some people they, that... Sin feels good to them. They don't, you you will, you know, and and say maybe this is an encouragement for somebody who has been trying to evangelize and speak Mm -hmm. to somebody about coming to Jesus. And all you meet is this hard heart that blocks you out. And there is an encouragement here for you to say, actually, leave them alone, keep praying for them, but leave them alone. It's not your job. The Holy Spirit will work in them when God chooses because some people are just I mean even when we read the story of, of Pharaoh it comes to a point where God actually hardens his heart I mean he's, he was stubborn initially <laughs> I will show you a hard heart you want to know a hard heart I'll give exactly. you a hard heart I mean he was stubborn initially but it comes to a point where the Bible says God actually hardens his heart and some people mm-hmm. argue was why did God do that but 
the guy wasn't even listening in the first place. So God hardens his heart. So there is something of that element here as well with Bernice. You will speak to people that quite like living in their sin. They quite like mm. their sin. They're not ready to give up that sin yet. They're not ready to recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit. They're not ready to recognize Jesus as their savior. They are just not ready to meet with the savior. And it's nothing to do with you as a person. You have got to recognize that it's only God and the Holy Spirit that has the power to change people. So if you are met with that hardness of heart, do not be discouraged. Dust your feet off. And go to another town <laughs> and carry on preaching the message. <laughs> what brilliant, what brilliant advice, Sedona. And would you tell you something, my dear? For yeah. many years, I was a probably um I was horrible to Christians. I really mm. was when, when when I was you know, in my twenties and thirties and forties. And street evangelists and things, you used to get them in street corners in Belfast mm. on a Saturday, mm. and they would be hunting out tracks. And my I was horrible to them, and I am not proud of that. I totally regret it. I've repented from it. But I was so hard with them, I'd say, no, is this printed and recycled paper? And they would start looking at it, and I would say, well, look, what did I tell you? You have to look for it. It's not. And do you really think that your God wants the trees cut down to print uh, have these? I was so horrible to them. I really was. People tried to evangelize to me. I know now you're, I know my dear. <laughs> I was I'm laughing. Did you have a problem with reading? And I was looking for people to argue with the gospel, honestly. I was so, 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 so horrible. Mm. But somebody somewhere was praying for me. Mm -hmm. And okay, it took an accident for God to get my attention, but get my attention, did he? Mm. And I tell you, I just, I just thank God for mm. whoever was praying for me for all those mm. years that brought me to salvation i mm. tell you so and that's why, what we can do yes so why is what a testimony my testimony is it really is so blinking colorful it's 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 unbelievable it, it is and mm. uh, you even, even, yeah, even, even my late husband before he passed away when people used to say oh i don't believe in miracles he used to say to people don't believe in miracles just look at the transformation in her that's a real mm. miracle mm. and a marriage is a miracle seriously no but seriously. i love when you share stories like this because that's also very encouraging to somebody because like you talked about shame right and we've, we've talked about how some people's hearts are hardened but you never really know a person's heart right only god knows and mm-hmm. i think for some people they almost they feel like especially if you were raised in that kind of fire and brimstone religion some people mm-hmm. feel like they are too sinful they cannot face god god cannot forgive mm-hmm. them there are people who will say to you i don't think god can forgive me let me just stay here i'm condemned right mm. even though deep in their heart they really wish they could have a chance so mm. it's you're right you have to keep praying for people because even if they seem hard on the outside mm. you don't know the conversations that they're having with god in the their holy spirit is doing inside some people even people are like that mm. where they will come out and they will say everything they will even condemn jesus but they go behind the scenes and they're like whoa jesus if you're real i want to talk to you so yeah Mm. always pray i mean what do you have to lose by praying right Mm -hmm. so yeah but i love your testimony g because it your it shows that people can change Mm. i show that people can change everyone who's ever come to christ so i think if anybody's listening no matter what you've done Mm. i don't care if you dated everybody's husband in your city 
Mm. or you've done whatever you think is so simple. No, because you know what? People yeah. have done things. That's, that's, true. that's true. That's true. When people that's tell true. you their life is to have had 10 abortions or whatever. Yeah. Mm. But guess what? God can use, I mean, some of the, the most fired up Christians now, right, are the ones with really colorful histories. They've come from maybe ex-strippers, ex-street workers, they were strippers or whatever. Because I think that thing in the Bible that says the person who forgave much loves much, who mm-hmm. was forgiven much loves much, is true. So, yeah, just listen to Jesus' testimony one day. I'm going to share mine. But there is nobody that God cannot change. It's you who will no, decide that you don't want to. Yeah. This and there's a, there's a word of a song, it's a brilliant wee girl, country sort of uh, twang to the song. She's called Anne Wilson, and she sings about, let me tell you about my Jesus. And a line of that song is that there ain't no sinner that he can't save. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And that's, that's it. So that's true. it. That, there, that right there is a fact. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. I yeah. tell you. Yeah. It's it's you soften your heart and come to him no matter what that's, you've that's done. That's like my favorite Bible verse. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will wash them to be as white as yes. snow. I love that. I just I know we've got an Isaiah fan so in the house. But it's that beautiful. is that is just perfection because scarlet yes. and snow are, are just the most different. contrasting visual images yeah. you can yeah. have. I know. Exactly. And I know. I change you. Yeah, but no, thank you, ladies. It's been a, such a wonderful conversation. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, shall we pray before we say goodnight? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much um, for the scripture that is God-breathed and God-inspired um, to be as an example for us, Lord. We thank you for stories such as those of Bernice in the Bible that um, A, remind us that our lives are not so far removed and our culture um, is not so far removed from the ancient Romans and that things are still very sinful and we do live in a sinful world. We thank you for this reminders, Lord, in the Bible that um, point to you ultimately and say to us, Lord, that you are the only saviour and that we are to come to you, Lord, and to come to the foot of the cross because that is the only place where... Um, judgment will meet mercy and that we are to come to you humbly and accept you as our savior heavenly father we want to thank you so much for reminders lord that as christians lord there is no shame there's no condemnation in you just love and grace and mercy we ask lord that we would be the sort of christians that and point people to you not repel people um we would be the sort of christians that welcome people um, and not cause shame in our fellow brothers and sisters um, and even unbelievers we look to us and see comfort and see welcome and see warmth not judgment not shame not guilt not condemnation but we ask that we would reflect something of your love and your mercy and your grace to the world around us that people would look to us as christians and want to know the source of our love, the source of our joy, the source of our everyday, just good health and good living and positive outlook on life. And so, Lord, we would be able to point them to you, you who is the giver of all good things, you who is the giver of everlasting life, Lord, that you would comfort them. And if there are any amongst us that perhaps listen to us, but are not quite sure, um, or their hearts are hardened, Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would um, do the work that only you can, and you would soften those hearts, Lord, and that at the appointed time, 
you would lead them back to you. Lord, we know of so many people that we pray for constantly, or we're constantly trying to tell them about Jesus, but their hearts are hardened. Almost like Bernice, they come, they meet you, or they have an encounter with you, but they walk away not recognizing it, and perhaps not even appreciating it, and going back to their life of sin that they perhaps really enjoy. Lord, we ask that you would um, reveal yourself to them. Let your Holy Spirit work in them. Um, help us as their loved ones to not be discouraged, but to keep praying for them. Um, and even when we feel they're not listening, and even when we perhaps stop speaking to them, help us to still keep praying for them. Trusting always, Lord, that you will do that perfect work in their lives. We thank you for your grace that we enjoy. We thank you for the mercy that we so do not deserve. We ask, Lord, that you would be with each and every single one of us until next Thursday when we come back together to, um, as we look forward to celebrating Easter together. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Good night, everyone in Facebook land. Good night. 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 Good night.